Thank you for listening to another inspiring message from The Movement Church. To find out more about The Movement Church, you can check out our website at theocmovement.com or follow us on Facebook and Instagram at The OC Movement. Good morning, Movement Church. How many Stranger Things fans out there do we have today? Okay, we can be best friends. We're starting a brand new series on the Holy Spirit called Stranger Things. And that's because there's a lot of misconceptions about who the Holy Spirit is. And we'll get to that in a moment. I'm probably more excited about this series than any series that you've ever done before. But before I tell you about that, there's something that is so huge coming to the Movement Church this fall that I asked for permission to share about it before I jumped into the sermon today. In fact, uh, we want four things for everyone who calls the Movement Church home. We want you to know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. If you didn't know that, it's printed on everything before you walked in, and we're going to pray for you on your way out. But uh, part of that, the biggest thing that we, we really fall in love with is discover purpose. We love to help you connect to the design and the unique reason why you were created to be on this planet. And for many people, that goes beyond just uh, simply discovering the gifts and talents that I have. For some people, that has to do with identifying with the fact that God's called me to ministry, not just to be a part of a volunteer team, but actually to operate in the capacity of leadership within the church. And so we have decided to start something for that called the MLA, the Movement Leadership Academy, and we launched that this fall. So this is for people at, that have graduated high school all the way up until death. So if you're in that category, this is designed with you in mind, whether you have just graduated high school or you are a full-time working father or mother or a single mom or a young professional already gone through school or you're in your early 30s trying to figure things out, but you feel a leaning towards or a calling to ministry. And I am so stoked about this because it's so much bigger than an internship. It actually includes one night a week with a chapel service and a classroom environment, a missions trip, a retreat with our entire leadership team, but it also includes Bible college courses. So if you're here and you're thinking, man, this is, that's me. Uh, this is something I'm, I'm interested in, or I, I, I kind of want to do, I, I kind of this desire to be a part of ministry, then I want to challenge you to come to our interest meeting on August 9th. You can text the word MLT to the number, or MLA, sorry, MLA, to the number on our screen. Actually, I think you can text almost any word to that number, and something amazing will probably happen, but I want to challenge you. If you're like, man, I think that might be for me, or I'm kind of interested, or this could be pretty awesome, just come to the interest meeting. Just check it out and see if it might be something for you. I think it's going to be transformational, not only for your life, but for our church, and I couldn't be more stoked about it. So check it out. Text MLA to the number on the screen. Let's pray. I want to dive into today's message because I'm stoked about it, and uh, I think God wants to do something awesome. Before we pray, you guys have already started to bow your heads. Isn't that funny? If I say let's pray, whether you're a believer or not, whether you have a faith background in church, everyone bows their heads. Sometimes people do this, and that's okay too, uh, but there's something inside all of us. All, every single human being has this internal desire to know who God is, regardless of your faith persuasion. Just, is, is there a God out there who may care about me? And I just want you to know that, that not only is there a God who loves you, 
but he's given us access to the Holy Spirit. And I just think God wants to do something unique in our life. We just sing a song. I, I'm so tempted to sing it, but I can't. By your spirit, I will rise from the ashes of defeat. I would hate for us to sing a song and pray a prayer, but not actually connect to the person of the Holy Spirit that gives us the power to call things that are dead in our life to life. So if you're here and you're not sure what you believe, hey, permission to belong before you believe. No worries. You don't have to listen to a single word I say. But I would challenge you, no matter what your faith background is, to just be open to the possibilities of what God wants to do in your life today. Can we pray now? Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? God, we thank you that you're here in this place, that you're doing something profound. We thank you that you're calling dead things to life, the dead dreams, the dead relationships, maybe just feeling dead to life. And I just pray, God, you'd show up in such a miraculous way. Such a miraculous way. We don't want the mundane and the mediocre. We want to experience the fullness of who you are. And Lord, we know that the word says that we could never know the fullness of who you are because you're multidimensional, multifaceted, but that there's always more of you. So God, I pray you'd open our eyes and our ears, ears to hear and receive whatever it is that you want to do in this place today. In Jesus' name I pray, amen and amen. I do really feel like singing so bad right now. I may sometime today, we'll see what happens. I have auditioned for the worship team and Pastor Jeremy told me, nope, like that emphatically. I was like, this is my church, what are you talking about? I said, nope. So here I am, I have to preach, is that cool? I wanna share with you today about the, the Holy Spirit. In fact, the, the title of my message is The Presence of the Holy Spirit. I would challenge you, uh, regardless of your faith persuasion, to take notes, I think it'll be worth it. In fact, you can text the word notes to the number that's on the screen and follow along with my notes, the scriptures that are in there that I've put in some statements for you. But uh, I wanna unpack the Holy Spirit and how it pertains to our life. And we're gonna start in the New Testament. For those of you that are new, the Bible is split into two sections, the Old Testament and the New Testament. What separates those two is the fact that Jesus came and at the beginning of that, started a whole new way of life, and we've got the New Testament. The first four books of the New Testament are called the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and these are the accounts of the life and ministry of Jesus. Then right after the Gospels, like right after, is this book called Acts. Everybody say Acts. And this is the historical account of the beginning of the church, the church that you're a part of right now, not just this church, but the church all around the world, Acts. It's the historical account of the church, and today we're gonna start this sermon on chapter 19 of Acts, and what's crazy about chapter 19 is we're picking up in this historical account of the beginning of the church decades in. We're talking literally three to four decades into the beginning of the church. So Jesus shows up on the scene, radically changes things. God starts this revival known as the church. And now decades later in Acts 19, 
We're picking up, and I think this is the best, best place to start for this series. Check this out. Acts chapter 19, verses 1 and 2, it says this. While Apollos was at Corinth, Corinth is just a location. Apollos is a leader in the church. Paul, who is another leader, took the road through the interior and arrived at Ephesus, just one of the cities where they had churches planted. Look at verse 2. Remember, decades into the church. There he found some disciples. Now that word is important because that is in reference to people who are followers of Christ. Not just any random Joe, but people who said yes to Jesus. There he found some disciples and he asked them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? And they answered him, no. But they didn't just say no, did they? They said, we have not even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. And I feel like that is the case for a lot of people today. There's a lot of people, look me right here in the eyes, there's a lot of people today who are going to heaven, who, who know who Jesus is, but have never experienced the Holy Spirit. And, and, and listen, I think the problem is the Holy Spirit's been given a bad rap. And this is based upon and depends greatly on your context or your frame of reference when it comes to the Holy Spirit. If we look to Hollywood to define anything almost that relates or pertains to the church, but especially to the Holy Spirit, it's usually movies with actors who are not only just kind of joking about, but full on mocking. If you've watched any movies with Steve Martin or Chevy Chase, hallelujah. Anyone out there can remember Fletch Lives. Okay, two of you. Thank you so much. Awesome. We'll move on. There, you might have immediately thought of some televangelists with a lot of makeup and really big hair, and you might have thought immediately of some YouTube videos that you saw of a guy swinging a lightsaber to the tune of, let the bodies hit the floor. I mean, am I talking to some people that are actually around? Okay, thank you. And so what, there are also people in this room that, that could say, man, I know God the Father, or I know Jesus, but I'm not really sure of who the Holy Spirit is. And I think that's because there's a lot of assumptions about the Holy Spirit that just are simply not true. So my hope and my prayer through this series is to de-spookify or demystify the Holy Spirit. Here's the challenge. Look right up here. In the process of the church, whether you've been a part of it or not, there's been a massive pendulum swing when it comes to the Holy Spirit. You've got two different sides of this pendulum swing. You've got those that are over here in this camp where there's an overemphasis of the Holy Spirit. I would call this banners and barking, right? Where you have crazy church services where people, why are only two of you with me this morning? <laughs> Running around with banners and waving them around. I'm not mocking this, but that's an overemphasis of that or maybe blowing a ram's horn. Anybody grow up in that environment? Okay, four of you. I did. That's, that was the latter post-adolescence. I grew up in a church where it was kind of like Stranger Things. And I was like, what is happening here? Hence the name of this series. But there's also been, listen to me, a, a swing of the pendulum to an underemphasis of the Holy Spirit. And I feel like this is actually far more common in America today. So you have lots of churches filled, of lot, filled with lots of great people who are connected to a great God but have no clue who the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit is. 
I, my, the first part of my childhood was raised in a Southern Baptist home. Anybody raised Southern Baptist? I'm a liturgical. Maybe you, you, you sang songs from a hymnal, and there was a guy who would stand in the front, and he would direct no, no instruments. He would direct you to sing. Thank God for Pastor Jeremy Parham and our amazing worship team. So, so listen. Now you're with me. Okay, we'll talk about worship team more often. You got the pendulum swinging over here with an underemphasis and the pendulum swing over here with an overemphasis. And I want to just give you some good news. There's a middle ground. We're neither ends of that pendulum swing. And I'm not mocking either side, whether you hear it in my tone or not. But, but I, I just want to ask you, if you've, if you've ever committed to a series, I mean, commit to this one. We're going to take four weeks and unpack, and really, here's the words, introduce you to the person of the Holy Spirit. He's not an it. He's a person. To the person of the Holy Spirit. Look at me with the hopes that you'll understand the nature of the Holy Spirit. And I think if we're going to do that, if, you're going to un- if you and I are going to understand the nature of who the Holy Spirit is, then we actually have to understand the word found in the scripture itself. The words that are written in your Bible and in mine that translate either to Holy Spirit or the other was Holy Ghost. And, and, and there is one of the reasons why so many people freak out, just the word Holy Ghost. I mean, who thinks about the word ghost and thinks good things? Not very many people. But here's the challenge. The English translation of the Holy Spirit doesn't really do it justice. Here's what we know. Over and over in Scripture, Holy Spirit and Holy Ghost are mentioned. In fact, eight hundred times. But what we have to do is look at both translations. Okay, so listen, the Old Testament was written in Hebrew. Okay, everybody say Hebrew. The New Testament was written in Greek. So we're going to look at the two words written in your Bible. In the Old Testament, the Hebrew word is neither defined as spirit nor ghost. The actual word is ruach. Everybody say ruach. But you got to say it like I got a cat hair stuck in the back of your throat. Ruach. Say it again. And this word means wind, breath, a violent (sighs) exhalation, a blast of breath. And we see this appear on the scene in the very beginning of Scripture in Genesis 1, verse 1 and 2. It says this, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep. Look at this. And the spirit, the ruach of God was hovering over the face of the waters. In the New Testament, the Greek word is pneuma, and it neither translates to spirit nor ghost. And the word pneuma means this, a current of air, a blast of breath, a strong breeze. So we can understand why the translators had a difficult time using, translating the word Holy Spirit into English because we don't want to say God the Father, God the Son, and God the breath. It just doesn't quite make sense. But we can see this through the significance of something that Jesus said. Look at John chapter 6, verse 63. It says this. These words I have spoken to you are spirit, the breath, the wind, and they are life, which means every word that he has spoken that's written in your Bible, it is his breath, his spirit, his wind for you and for me, and this is something that I want all of us to experience, 
a Christianity that is full of life and the very breath of God, to stop living a spirit-less life, but to live a spirit-filled life. So today I hope to teach some of this by unpacking the scripture and to introduce you and me to the person of the Holy Spirit. And and I think the best way to do that in order to understand the person of the Holy Spirit, this ruach, this pneuma, this breath, this wind, my hope is to look at the characteristics of wind in the natural and perhaps catch some parallels to the Holy Spirit. But here's my hope, that all of us will become more comfortable with the person of the Holy Spirit that he becomes someone that you're not afraid of nor resistant towards, but look at me, in desperate need of. So let's look at the parallels of the wind. You wanna write these down. Number one, the wind is unseen. (laughs) Mind blown, correct? The wind is unseen. Listen, you, you and I, we get this. It's unseen. When we go outside, it's probably going to be a wee bit toasty for Orange County, right? Anybody else in here, once it breaks the 80-degree mark, you're like, what is happening in Orange County? It's 83 degrees right now. And as we go outside, if we feel a cool breeze come through, we'll look to our friend and we'll say, oh, man, that feels good, doesn't it? And this isn't awkward or weird. We would go, yeah, it sure does feel good. Nobody's freaked out when you say that. But tomorrow, if you're at the water cooler in your work and someone looks at you and says, hey, how was church? And you looked at them and just said, oh, it felt good. They'd be like, say, what? There's something a little bit strange about that statement for some reason. And I think it's because we've decided that church and Christianity shouldn't actually impact our feelings and our emotions, but just should remain intellectual. Now, we can't be driven by our feelings and emotions. Those can't make our choices and decisions for us. But I actually believe that God's presence is to be felt and experienced. In fact, look at me. I pray every Sunday. Every Sunday on the way in, my, my friend, Pastor Mike Fanning, picked me up just so we could spend some time praying On the way here at 8.30 before the service would begin, our team prayed on Tuesday at 8.30 a.m. Every Tuesday our team prays, and I pray every day, and here's what I pray. I don't pray about the setup, that it goes well, and that the sound is perfect, and that the projection works great, and the, the haze hits the lights at just the right time so the beams are seen, and I don't pray about how the, the greatest preacher on this side of the Mississippi will deliver a powerful, impacting message. That was a deep, guttural laugh, wow. But man, let me, let me tell you what I pray. I, I pray that, that every one of us in this room, from the youngest to the oldest, look at me in the eyes, and everyone in between, regardless of your faith background, here's literally what I pray, that there be a moment where you say, man, God is here. That I can feel him here. Whether you know the words to speak or not. Let me show it to you in the scripture. In the last few conversations that Jesus had with his disciples, in the last few moments that he has before he's crucified, he's talking to his disciples about some very important things, and the majority of his conversations are about the Holy Spirit. And we pick up on the the details of one of these conversations in John chapter 14, verse 16 and 17, and it says this, and I will ask the Father, just Jesus speaking, and he will give you another advocate. I love that word, advocate. Another translation says counselor, comforter. But I love the word advocate because isn't it nice to know that we have someone fighting on our behalf? He says, I'll send you another advocate. And he doesn't say to make you strange or weird 
or to be somebody that nobody wants to be around, but it says to help you and to be with you forever. The spirit, the pneuma, the wind of truth. Look at this. The world cannot see him or accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him. Look at this. But you know him for he lives with you and will be in you. And I think that's why some of us come to church every week because we've experienced yet another week of dry and weary and we just need a little wind in our sails. Like a little, you know, I invite people to church all the time. In fact, it's my goal to tell somebody about Jesus or invite them to church every day, which is not easy to do. It's just my goal. In, in my life, that's my mission. So I'm going to invite someone to church, and if I can't do that, I'm going to tell them about Jesus every day. And I, I build friendships with people that aren't in church, don't believe, whether they're atheist, agnostic, it doesn't matter what their belief or background is. I like to build relationships with people who are not connected to who Jesus is and who the church is with the mission and the intention of getting them into church, into a relationship with Jesus. And I invited one of those friends to church over and over and over again. He was kind of hard and calloused, and, and finally one day he came, and, and afterwards, I always like to find out, dude, what did you think? Which is also scary to do sometimes, right? Because some, all my friends are brutally honest. Do you guys have friends like that? Okay, it's just horrible sometimes. But I, I said, hey, man, what would you think? I was a little bit afraid, a little nervous to hear what he said. He said, I, I don't know why. I don't, I'm not really sure what, what the deal was, but at, at some point in, in that service, I just, I ended up crying. I said, it was that bad, huh? <laughs> he, he goes, no, I just feel something. He said, I'm coming back. You know what, what was so crazy is I know what he felt. It was the presence of God. And he didn't say, you know what, Carrie, your message was so thought-provoking <laughs> and so podcast-worthy. <laughs> he didn't say, man, the songs that you sang we're so, the way that Jeremy played that guitar. <laughs> you see it too, apparently, huh? He said, I felt something. And what he felt and experienced was the presence of God, not an institution. The wind is unseen. Number two, the wind is unpredictable. The wind is unpredictable. You ever had flown out of the greatest airport on the planet of Earth, John Wayne, anybody else? Yeah, so now we agree. John Wayne is the greatest airport on the face of the planet. But when you take off from John Wayne because of the noise ordinance in Newport, it's terrifying for the very first time. And I love to sit by people who have never done it and not tell them what's about to take place. Because they'll like turn on the jet thruster and the plane is just on break. And then all of a sudden, the pilot lets loose and that thing goes straight up like a freaking rocket. And you're terrified. And then all of a sudden, he pulls back on the jet thrusters. It's like you go... And you're screaming on the inside, and then you're over the ocean thinking, this is it. We're all going to die. And then he hits it back again, and you're like, what is happening? I love it when people have never experienced that, and I laugh at them, tell them never to come back to Orange County. No, I don't say that. I'm kidding. But they actually have, well, now they have digital readers, but back in the day, they have wind indicators. They're these orange cones that fill with air, and they have the ability to turn and depict the direction of the wind. And air traffic control has that all over the runway so that in real time, 
They can see what direction the wind is coming from and perhaps tell an airplane to land from a different direction. And that's the way that the Holy Spirit is at times. But a lot of us don't like that part of our God. We, we don't like the unpredictable components. We like God tucked in so nicely <laughs> and normalized and orderly and neat. Right in here, God. Just so good for me. <laughs> we want him to just, we, we know what's coming around the corner, no unexpected things, God, and I know, I, let's just keep it real. We've, we're, we've been doing this for a little, a minute now, let's just keep it the same. And if that's how you like your God, then I want you to know he's gonna mess with you. <laughs> he gonna mess with you. Because there is an, unpredictable nature to the Holy Spirit. If he did things, listen, and I want you to hear the next few moments of this message more than anything else. If he, listen to me, write, please write this down. If he did things the same way every time, then you would end up worshiping the system rather than him. And what's terrifying about this is that people, churches, denominations, institutions on either side of the pendulum swing have experiences and then make the experiences holy on either side of the pendulum swing. Now listen, we, we at the Movement Church have a solid basis of faith founded on the word of God that is unwavering. If you need to know about it, it's on our website, our statement of faith. You can read it every day in the morning. It's the best reading you can do in the world. Our statement of faith, that was a joke. Listen, it's all on the website. There's a solid, pr predictable statement of faith there. But with that solid, predictable structure of faith, look at me, we also have the unpredictable nature of the Holy Spirit, which the Movement Church embraces and welcomes. You need to know that. We embrace it and we welcome it. John, Jesus said it like this in John chapter three, verse eight. Jesus answered, the wind blows wherever it pleases. The wind, the wind, the wind, wherever it pleases. You hear its sound, but you cannot tell where it comes or where it's going. So it is, look at this, with everyone born of the pneuma, right there. Everyone born of the wind, of the spirit. The Holy Spirit has an unpredictable nature. One time God spoke to a man through a burning bush. But if we waited for God to speak to us through a burning bush every time, and if it didn't happen like that, it wasn't God, we would all be in trouble. Yeah. <laughs> One time, a, a guy brought his blind friend to Jesus, and he didn't ask Jesus to heal his friend. He said, hey, Jesus, put your hand on him. Do the hand thing. <laughs> like, do that thing you do with your hand. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, put your, just do that. Watch this. Watch this, bro. Watch this. And Jesus is like, nope. You know what he did? <sighs> and he spit in the dirt, and he picked up some mud spit, <laughs> and he rubbed it in the eyes of the blind man. And if you and I were his friend, we'd be like, oh my God, oh my God. I'm so sorry, no, don't, I, I can see, don't do that to me, Jesus. I'm good, I'm good, I'm good. And you know why Jesus did that? It's because the guy believed in the system rather than God. He believed in the system rather than God, and we've got to be careful not to box God into a system or you'll start worshiping a system. Listen, look at me. 
you and I in Orange County, we don't, we don't need another system. We need the presence of God, even when it's in an unpredictable manner. We need the presence of God to show up. The third thing, the wind is powerful. Wind can generate electricity. It can sail a ship. Have you ever been sailing? One of the greatest experiences on the planet. No engine, sail is up, the jib is up, and you're just cruising on the water. And you feel like you're going 40 miles an hour, but you're only going about seven and a half. <laughs> it's a fact. But you feel free, and you're like, ah. And the wind is pushing the boat. Can generate electricity, can sail a ship, and it can also destroy a city. Can't it? It's powerful. I mean, how many times in the last few months and years have we gotten up here to pray for yet another city destroyed by a hurricane or a tornado? And look at me in the eyes. Some of you walked in here today walking through things that you cannot fix with your human power alone. You don't have the answers. You can't think up a solution enough. You can't generate enough energy. And the scary thing is, is that I think so many of us distance ourselves from the power of God. And then as we do that, we limit ourselves to things which only we can fix. And I think some of us, because we didn't realize that the power of the Holy Spirit is accessible to you and I today, but I think some of us, if we're honest, we distance ourselves because we've seen the Holy Spirit packaged in a way that was a complete turnoff. I just want to challenge you. That's not the nature of who God is. God is not weird. People are. I'm serious. God is not weird. People are. And I just want to challenge you. Don't live a life of faith without getting close to the person of the Holy Spirit. Oh, man. What a tragedy. Look at what Acts 1 verse 8 says. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And I say, bring it on. Bring it on. I need the power of the Holy Spirit at work in my life. Look at me. You know why? Because I don't have the strength or the power to fix some of the things that are going on in my world right now. Yeah. I'm just saying, like, there are things I'm facing in my life. I, I don't have the power on my own to be the husband that Megan needs. You feel what I'm saying? There's a quote by a, a man named Charles Finney, and he's kind of hailed as the father of modern-day revivalism in America. And he lived in the 19th century, who was a, an attorney who became a Presbyterian minister. And of his own accord, of his own words, he literally said, I, I, I was comfortable to know God on an intellectual level only. He said, my testimony was lifeless and non-existent, and then I had an encounter with the Holy Spirit. And I just want to read the words that he wrote, because I feel they're so powerful and potent for, us, potent for us today. He said, the Holy Spirit descended upon me in a manner that seemed to go through me, body and soul. I could feel the impression like a wave of electricity going through and through me. Indeed, it seemed to come in waves and waves, I love this, of liquid love. For I could not express it in any other way. It seemed, look at this, it seemed like the very breath of God. And I would submit to you that's because it was the breath of God. The presence of God. 
And there are some of us here today that, man, listen, look at me. It, it is essential. It is mission critical for your marriage, for the relationship that you're in, the career that you're trying to start, your future at your high school, your future at your college, the diagnosis that you're facing. It, it is critical for your Christianity, for your faith, to get some wind in your sails, some ruach, some pneuma, which leads me to my fourth point, that the wind is refreshing. It's refreshing. When you get outside and, and, and it's hot and that breeze comes through, you just kind of go, <sighs> it's like everything is right, it's good. Look at what 1 Corinthians chapter 2 says. It says, no eye has seen and no ear has heard. No mind has conceived. In other words, even if, if you could see it, if you could think it, you, you wouldn't understand it. The fullness, look at this, of what God has prepared for those who love him. But God has revealed it to us by his spirit. So look at me. Let, let us take you on a four-week journey. Four weeks to just unpack and just see what, what God wants to do in your life. And, and maybe, maybe, just maybe get some wind back in your sails. Some wind back in your sails. To, to, to be able to say, man, I, I'm actually living the life I was created to live. I'm actually walking in peace regardless of the circumstances that I'm going through. And listen, I, I was raised in both ends of the pendulum swing. I was raised from birth to adolescence in an environment where people were terrified of and ran from the power of the Holy Spirit and also my teenage years and, and training for ministry in an environment that overemphasized the fullness of the Holy Spirit. But I want to challenge you, there is a middle and that's who the movement church is. What I'm not saying is we're perfect and we have it all figured out. But I'm saying, look at me, just take a deep breath. Everybody take a deep breath. And, and let's explore what God wants to do in our life. Look at what Ephesians chapter 4, 30 says. Check this out. Check this out. Don't grieve God. Don't break his heart. His Holy Spirit moving and breathing in you is the most intimate part of your life. I would submit it could be the most intimate part of your life. Look at this. Making you fit for himself. And I love this last portion. Don't take such a gift for granted. So how do I do that? How do I not take for granted the power of the Holy Spirit at work in my life? I'm so glad that you asked. I want to share two, a couple more things, three things actually. Write these down. It'll be worth it. Number one, let go of fears and misperceptions. Regardless of what background and heritage you come from, whether you're over on this camp and you're mad at me for making the jokes that I did, or you're on this camp and you're mad at me for making the jokes that I did, let's just, you gotta forgive me, the Bible says that, so go ahead and forgive me. Now, so let's come together in the middle and just go, okay, God, what, what are you gonna do here? Regardless of your preconceived notions about God and, or your preconceived notions about the Holy Spirit and how it relates, then I'm just saying let's just remove that and see what God wants to do. No matter what your preconceived notion and how it relates to the Holy Spirit would be. And you, you don't have to even trust me on this. I would just encourage you to trust God's word. Just trust God's word. I, I challenge you with this. If you explore God's word with a blank page and an open heart, look at me, you'll discover that everything you could want and need is found in it. Look at what Proverbs 3, 5 says. This is the message paraphrase. Look at the very first two words. Trust God. 
trust God from the bottom of your heart. Don't try to figure everything out on your own. Listen, he's not against you, he's for you. He's for you, so trust him. So let go of fears and misperceptions. Number two, go all in. Everybody say, go all in. Is it cool? Can I get on a soapbox for a minute? Can I take a rabbit trail? I actually have a soapbox. Nate, would you help me? Is that okay? Can I get on a soapbox for a moment? I had Pastor Joe build this soapbox. Is that all right? I'm not seeing any permission yet. Okay, I can get on the soapbox. I'm a rabbit trail. We're going to come right back, but this is going to represent me. Is that cool now? Everybody like, oh, all right. Here, hang on. Let's get the picture. Okay. Every time y'all post a picture of me up here, it's always from the low angle, and I'm like this. So just pick the good angles before you post them. Let me just get on a, on a soapbox for a minute. Can I kind of do that? Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> it's interesting to me that some people, including some people that are in this room, would say, I'm going to check out Jesus. I'm going to give him my life. I'm going to swing through the doors of a church maybe once or twice a month and just kind of try to fit him into my world. I'm going to kind of go halfway with him. And can I tell you, it doesn't work that way. It never has. You would never look at your child who's about to start baseball or soccer and say, hey, go about 45%. (laughs) Hey, when you're about to start high school, you know what? Ninth grade, not that big of a deal. Don't apply yourself. Don't study. Don't learn. Can you imagine starting a new job and thinking, you know, today I'm going to bring about 25%. We would never do that. Why? Because it doesn't work. And yet for some reason we translate that to our faith journey with God and we give 50%, 75%, 60%. But look at me, you will never find the best life that you were called to live until you go all in with who he is. I'm telling you, I just don't understand it. It's it's not worth it. Just go all in. I'll step off my soapbox now. We'll jump back into the message. I'm going to save this for later. I might bring this out in future sermons. We'll see what happens. <laughs> hey, here's what I want to challenge you. Go all in at the Movement Church. Like, like, go all in at the Movement Church. Listen, our hope, our mission is not to get something from you. We say it all the time. We want to point you towards your best life. We're not like, con- concocting things in an attempt to make your life more busy or more full. Everybody freaks out when I step off the stage. <laughs> What's going to happen? I'm unpredictable like the Holy Spirit. So here's my challenge. We want four things for you. So join a connect group. Hey, hey, stop waiting. If you've been to one and you didn't have the best experience, try a different one out. Today on your way out, you're going to meet connect group leaders. There's a pillar the size of Texas that you can't miss. It's got all the information you need. There are groups meeting throughout the week, all, at different times of the week with different leaders. I'm telling you, just check one out. Why? Because life change always happens within the context of relationships. I didn't even know Mitch till he and I were in a connect group together. And then we had coffee, and I found out he's crazy. Don't, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> I didn't know Ruben until we were in a connect group together. I didn't know. And and you know what we did? We sat down over coffee and my life began to be transformed. His life began to be transformed. That's why we do them. Not just because we're like, hey, let's create something new. (laughs) So jump into a connect group. They start this week. This is the best time to do it. Jump on the dream team. What are you waiting for? It's a rotation. It's not every week. We're going to ask you to serve one and sit one. You can serve once a month. You can serve every two times a month. If you're hardcore, you can serve every week. We don't care. But I promise you, you'll find if you serve, you'll love the service that you serve more than the one you attend. Because you haven't really lived until you live to make somebody else's life fulfilled. 
Boy, that was much better than you, amen. Go all in. It'll change your life forever, but you, you, you won't know it until you try. You won't know it until you try. And you, you don't even have to listen to me. Just listen to God. Just listen to God. Look at what he says in Jeremiah 29. In Jeremiah 29, he says this, you will seek me and find me. And I would submit there's a contingency here because the period isn't after the word me. He says, you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. And if you're going all in, I want to challenge you to pick just pick an amount of time, three months, six months, a year, give it a shot and go all in. I'm telling you, it'll change your life. But look, don't go all in. Don't try to filter God. God, I'm going to go all in except for if you ask me to do that. I'm not doing that. I'll do whatever it is. Let me tell you my prayer. This is really my prayer on a daily basis, on on a regular, I'm not kidding, is I say, God, today, I give you my life. I give you my life. Whatever you ask me to do, I'll do. Which means tomorrow, if he said, Carrie, it's time to move to Africa and pastor that church, I'd say, okay, but you got to talk to my wife because she's stubborn. It's the reason I'm here today. In 2006, God planted this idea of maybe starting a church, and maybe in Southern California, we didn't even know where. And and God did. And six years later, we step out in faith. We didn't know anybody here. Nobody. And and didn't have anything. And now you're sitting here. We're connected, and God's doing something in our lives. And isn't it amazing what happens if we just go all in? You never know what's on the other side of your obedience. Just go all in. Let go of the fears and misconceptions. Number two, go all in. Number three, develop an intimate friendship with the Holy Spirit. And I said that word on purpose. I think that gets, that's a cringy word for most guys, intimate friendship. But ultimately, this is his role in your life and in mine. And there, you, you need to know this. It's crucial for, for, you, for you and me to understand this. That God the Father has a role, Jesus has a role, and the Holy Spirit has a role that you and I need in our life. All three roles are, are beautifully unpacked in a passage of Scripture known as a benediction or a closing prayer. If you grew up going to church, often a minister or pastor would close the service with something like this. May the Lord bless you and keep you and make his face to shine upon you. That wasn't just something neat that he wrote. That's a benediction found in the scripture and we see another benediction that beautifully unpacks the role of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit found in 2 Corinthians chapter 13 verse 14. I want to read this to you today. It's from the message paraphrase. I love how it's articulated. The amazing grace of the master Jesus. Role number one. The amazing grace. Jesus came that we could have life and life more abundantly. Why? Because he paid the penalty of your sin and mine, and that's called grace. Look at this, the extravagant love. I love that. The extravagant love of God. The extravagant love of God. Look at me, some of you need to know that God loves you beyond what you could imagine. I think so many times we equate the relationship that we have with our Father on this earth to who God is. So many relationships are broken as a result. And look, God wants to do a healing in your life. 
but you need to know that God loves you more than you could possibly understand. And then look at this. The intimate friendship of the Holy Spirit be with you. I love it. The amazing grace of the Master, Jesus Christ. The extravagant love of God and the intimate friendship of the Holy Spirit be with all of you. And hey, that's my prayer for you. That's my prayer for you. But let me tell you what my fear is. My fear is that there's so many of us in this room that know God the Father and Jesus, even receiving what Jesus did for us on the cross, but miss the fullness of the Holy Spirit in the life that we live on this earth. I'll close with this last story and then we'll let you out of here on time actually today. There's a, you've probably heard of the colloquialism of the doldrums of life representing kind of the, the, the dull and stale seasons of life and how it just feels lifeless and without anything. Well, the doldrums is actually a, a nautical term in reference to an actual lo location found on the equator in the Atlantic Ocean where the northern trade winds and the southern trade winds actually cancel each other out. And back when merchant ships were purely fueled by air and wind, if they accidentally or unintentionally sailed into the doldrums, they would literally die there because there would be no wind and no energy to generate to move them out. And I believe, look at me in the eyes, I believe that some of us walked in here today and you're walking in the midst of the doldrums of life, walking through what seems to be lifeless, and I just think that you need to know that there's fresh wind available to you. Give us a few more weeks. Be open to what God wants to do. I think this is the catalyst that you've been looking for. Can I pray for us all today? Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? God, I just thank you that you're in this place. I thank you that no matter what doldrums of life may be surrounding us, that your Holy Spirit is with us. And God, I pray that in the next few weeks and even in the next few moments, we'll experience the fullness of the power of your Holy Spirit in a way like we never thought possible. God, that you would open our eyes to see the fullness of what you want to accomplish. That we would remove anything that would make us resistant to or hesitant to the fullness of your Holy Spirit at work. We thank you now for what you're doing in Jesus' mighty and precious name. Amen. Hey. Let me take 30 more seconds of your time. That's a lie. I wanna to talk to those of you who may not have begun a relationship with Jesus. There's a starting point. It's not church membership. It doesn't matter where you've been and what types of mistakes you've made. And I, I know some people walk in today hesitantly because of the things that they've done in their past or last night or this past week and feel like they're not worthy to come through the doors of a church, but man, I wanna tell you, that's not what the movement church is about. But more importantly, that's not what God is about. Regardless of your past, regardless of your mistakes, God loves you so much, he placed such a high value on you that he gave his only son to pay the penalty of your sin and of mine. And if we'll start a relationship with him, he has the ability in an uncanny way to change the trajectory of our life. And some of you in this room have never begun that relationship and today you're gonna to get a chance. You don't have to get out of your seat. You don't have to even move, but I'm gonna pray a prayer. And if that's you, you've never prayed this prayer, I wanna challenge you to pray it with me. And some of you in this room have been running from God and today's the day to come running back. 
I'm gonna ask you one more time to bow your heads and close your eyes. Nobody looking around. If you're here and you've never prayed this prayer or today's the day to come running back, I want you just to pray this simple prayer with me from the deep, deepest depths of your heart. Just say, dear God, I know that you're real and that you love me. I don't wanna live life in the doldrums. I just make this simple statement your own. Jesus, I give you my life. Awesome. God, we thank you for what you're doing in this place. You're good and a faithful. God, we thank you that your Holy Spirit is at work in our lives right now. In Jesus' mighty and precious name we pray. Amen. If you prayed that prayer with us today, we are so excited to be a part of this journey with you. Would you email us at info at theocmovement.com? And if you're not in the area, we would love to help you find another life-giving church near you. Send us an email at info at theocmovement.com and we'll get back to you shortly. Thank you again for listening to another inspiring message from The Movement Church.